I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, how are you doing on this fine Monday evening? I am doing wonderful. I had a semi-restful weekend where I watched a lot of K-drama, but now I'm back at it. I watched the movie that we are going to talk about today on Saturday. So it's not as fresh as I think you are on the movie. Yeah, that's correct. I saw this movie this afternoon. Mm. Like I saw it at 3.30 in the (laughs) afternoon today. So I'm pretty fresh with this movie for sure. (laughs) Right. Um, So... I'm pretty excited to talk about it. I I went in. I didn't go in with really high expectations because I wanted, you know, just in case it was bad. I just wanted to save myself. But I can say it's a good movie. Uh, So before we start talking about it and getting all into the details, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. And if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It is such a great way for you to get involved and show your support and get extra exclusive content from us. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. And thank you to our patrons, Janet, Curtis, Robin, and Bale. Yes, very excited for them to... Be on board with us on the Patreon side, where right now, if you're listening to this episode right now, you can also subscribe to be able to hear our thoughts on the Ring of Power episode four. So definitely check that out. If you're interested in the show, you can check out our thoughts on that. For now, how about we turn our attentions (laughs) to the the movie? Yes, The Woman King. So Jessica, tell us, what is this movie about? The IMDb synopsis reads, a historical epic inspired by true events that took place in the kingdom of Dahomey, one of the most powerful states of Africa in the 18th and 19th centuries. So the movie is directed by Gina Prince-Bythewood. If you recognize the name, she was the director on Love and Basketball and The Old Guard. That was the Netflix movie, right? With Charlize Theron? Correct. All right. So just making sure I got that one right. The movie is written by uh, Dana Stevens, uh, screenplay. Uh, You might know her work from City of Angels and Safe Haven. Uh, And then also (laughs) story by Maria Bello. Uh, If you maybe recognize the name, it's because she's an actress first and foremost. Uh, You may have seen her in such things as Coyote Ugly uh, you may have seen her in, I believe it was Paycheck was the other movie. And if not any of those, uh, also uh, Prisoners of in 2013. So primarily an actress. This is her first writing credit. And I got to admit, uh, it's pretty good. Pretty good first time story. Not a bad first time. So who does the movie star? It stars Viola Davis as Naniska. It stars Thuso Bedu as Nawi, Loshana Lynch as Izoki, Sheila Atim as Amenza, John Boyega as Kinkeso, Hiro Finds Tiffin as Santo Ferreira, Jimmy Odukoya as Oda, sorry, Oba Ade. Oba Ade. <laughs> Mas, yeah. 
Masali Baduza as Fumbe, Jamie Lawson as Shante, Adrian Warren as Ode, and Jordan Bolger, Bolger maybe, as Malik. Yes. Uh, the movie itself uh, over the weekend was the number one movie at the box office. Yeah. $19 million domestically. So a nice start for a movie that's non-IP. You know, there's nothing going into it. You're so right. you're just relying on star power from Viola mm-hmm. Davis. And pretty good. It hasn't been released internationally. So $19 million is what it's made at the box office so far. Tell us how it's done with critics and audiences. Look, the Rotten Tomatoes score for it is 94%. That's really good. It's fresh. And the audience score is 99%. Oh, boy. Almost perfect. That is and high. The, I know. It's super high. And the this might be the highest that I've seen an audience, an audience score. Outside yeah. of like, if you go back and see something like like a Toy Story 3 or oh, whatever. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think they they have 99 I don't even think that's 99. Yeah. The critics' consensus reads, All hail Viola Davis, the woman king rules. Yes, it does. So I'm going to start with you because I've kind of already said a couple of things. You did a little bit spoil your your general Yeah, I did. But uh, so what did you think of the woman king? Loved it. One of the best movies I've seen this year. Oh, for sure. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Easily one of the best movies I've seen in 2022. All... I mean, the entire cast is doing incredible things with their characters, with the physicality of the roles, and I just feel like the movie has a great sense of world building Mm -hmm. and taking you back to this time in history where, you know, the slave trade is alive and well, and what are the different tribes and factions in Africa doing about it? How are they involved? Are they not involved? And I loved the woman power the just straight girl power in this movie is like i want it in my veins all the time (laughs) i adored it and i left the theater feeling extremely empowered and like i had to learn how to fight and (laughs) all the things you know all good things muzzle 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 i really enjoy the movie itself it does have this type of historical action epic uh-huh you know yeah. it kind of feels in that vein For um sure. i i enjoy almost all the performances so viola davis is going to be the one that gets the most like praise for being yeah. the star of course but i want to shout out lashana lynch oh uh, my gosh yeah her character um especially in the first half of the movie like she is like this almost like a central presence in the main character's story so obviously we have um viola davis's character but also thosu bedu's character yeah yeah yeah. her character they're kind of like central uh Mm -hmm. to the story and lashana lynch's character is the one that is kind of behind her like right pushing her and also being like a mentor as well. Mm-hmm. There was a lot that that character brought to the table that I really enjoyed. So I wanted to give a shout out to Lashana Lynch because I know most people will be focused on the Viola Davis of it all. Uh, but Viola Davis is Yeah, amazing. Viola Davis is amazing. Like, <laughs> like no holds barred. <laughs> no holds barred. Just incredible. Like the the physical shape she got into for the role. Oh, she just, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, 
I mean, all flawless. of them did. They're all flawless. They look amazing. Incredible and it's not, stuff. it's not like they're turning into Chris Hemsworth when he's Thor, but they just seem so powerful and strong. They do. And so the story is about an all-female unit of warriors uh, protecting the African kingdom of Daome. Yes. And so now there has been uh, some talk about this because it is historical in nature. Mm -hmm. So this is actually something that did take place. And there's been some conversation online about the fact of their participation in the slave trade. Yeah. Uh, So people kind of there's been some people who viewed the story itself a little bit. They come with hesitancy to kind of support it because of the fact that this country was facilitating the slave trade by selling their own people so i understand that from people if that's a hesitancy maybe not watching it or if you you know you have those thoughts that right because of the the complex and complicated history of the daomei people right so in this case in the movie i have thoughts because so i think that this story is doing two things at the same time it's a deeply personal story about these female warriors it's about sisterhood it's about motherhood it's about your own personal trauma and facing your fears but it's also about the Daume people and their really conflicted feelings about being involved in the slave trade and selling their own people or selling prisoners of war into the slave trade and how they reconcile with that and how they move forward to try and improve the situation because it is at large in a macro view it's a generational cultural trauma that they're that they're we're seeing the seed of yeah and that's really powerful and it's also you're seeing it through the lens of present day which is really complex in and of itself yes i like how the movie tries to give a little perspective and why are they doing like why are they doing this well it's a business it's a thriving business and that's the excuse that everybody made back in the day is that like if you want to get rich you have to do this this is a get rich quick scheme (laughs) <laughs> it is <laughs> yeah and everybody's profiting off of it every literally everybody's profiting off of it and it takes care of the economy of their kingdom but it also takes care of the you know responsibility of dealing with these people that are your enemies how do you deal with an enemy like do we slaughter them do we enslave them here like do we incorporate them into our community here do mm-hmm. we forgive them do we maim them and send them on their way? Do we sell them into the slave trade? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of different uh, ways to punish someone. And I feel like that was part of their, the way of it, the way for them. Right. It was. And it is a really, it's a reckoning for, for the kingdom of Taome. And what, what are they, what are they going to change? What is their themselves? part to play? Yeah. In that. Yeah. Uh, and are they going to change that? Yeah. Because they do play a part in it. 
Uh, so I know there's a lot of conversation about that online. So right. So we we wanted to mention it at least. So that way we can talk about just the movie itself and its actual merits on how it handles just different things. What I want to say, though, is that the movie itself, I think the performances are the best thing about the movie, the performances, because there's a couple of plot things that feel either a little too convenient Mm. or they're very like, I guess, uh, very Hollywood made like it's very neat with a bow uh, how like certain things end or just certain things are treated sure sure so so it's I'm not sitting here to say it's a perfect movie but it's one of the most enjoyable um, if you love performances you're gonna get that in spades in this movie uh, because everybody kind of brings it in this mm-hmm. movie so really enjoyed that as well Something that I also wanted to talk about before spoilers is that this movie does have something in common with another big blockbuster uh, that's been released (laughs) and that's getting a sequel within the next couple of months. And that happens to be Black Panther. Uh So um, do you feel that the way the movie is set up, obviously it's a real story and everything, but the way it's set up. Do you think they kind of felt like they borrowed some stuff or made, you know, patternized like the women warriors after the way Pe- Black Panther did? Uh, do you think like there's like there's a lot of, I guess, shared traits between the two movies? If if I'm wrong, it, you know, let me know. But I don't think you're wrong in saying that the female warriors in the Black Panther series are very similar to right. the Agoje in this film. However, I feel like this is probably, I think the way they portrayed it, they were like, this is the real thing. This is the real thing. Got it. Yeah. Gotcha. I see what you're saying. I, if anything, Black Panther is borrowing from this culture right. <laughs> and these people. So. I, I feel bad in saying like, oh, yeah, Black Panther in this movie have the same type of female warrior. But that's not quite it, you know? Yeah. Because it's it, like saying it's like saying, oh, yeah, um, Avatar, the last the airbenders are very similar to this other martial arts sect. And what do you think about that? It's like, well, Avatar is based off of that martial, that typical Martial arts or whatever. Gotcha. It's not, it's a work of fiction versus a work of nonfiction. Right. I so to me, it's like, sure, they're the same, but that's not really the case. Right. You know? I see what you're saying. It's, <laughs> this is historical. <laughs> right. This is a historical I, yeah. piece. I get it. No, I totally get it. I guess it's just the way on how they portray like the fighting styles and different things like that. But it could be, again, that they're borrowing or they're taking from the actual history. Here's my thing as well, is that they could be taking from the actual history. But also Hollywood is pretty small. I don't find that there's a deep well of stunt coordinators who aren't that aren't doing the same thing. Or it could, right, they could be you know exactly the same person. Like, it could be hey, the same You were on Black group. Panther. We're going to hire right. her. It could very well be 
just it's tricky because of the nature of the beast of yes. Hollywood. <laughs> and one more thing. Uh, I was surprised that this movie was PG-13. True. I was surprised, too. I was expecting it to be a little bit heavier. Yeah, me too. So there's a lot of moments where there's fighting happening and you're not getting I can as much blood as... why they did it PG-13, though, because look at 19, almost $20 million almost in a single million. weekend. And it's an all, all black cast mm-hmm. with Viola Davis as the lead. That's the pull, right? Not even John Boyega was necessarily marketed as... This is his story, is the front and center, nothing. No. So I really think that without all the pomp and circumstance of an MCU movie, which did gangbusters in a month that no one thought that they would do well in February, the original Black Panther movie was in the dumping ground. (laughs) Right. It had nothing to lose, you know what I'm saying? And they had the name of Marvel. They had the Black Panther lineage of the comic books. They had... You know, good actors mixed in there. They had Ryan Coogler as director. They had, uh, who was it? Oh, my God. Who's the music guy? Jeez. Uh, Kendrick Lamar. Oh, yeah. They had Kendrick Lamar do the soundtrack. Kendrick Lamar on the OST. So, I mean, they were in a different playing field to me than this movie. And I feel like this did really well with what it had. Oh, yeah. For sure. It did very well. Yeah. Uh, so very enjoyable. What do you give it as a grade for this movie? A. An A. Yeah. Yep. I also give it an A. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about some of our favorite either plot points or story marks or even just scenes uh, when we get into spoilers right after this. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Was convincing the world. You can't handle the truth. He didn't exist. Oh, what's in the box? And now we're going to talk spoilers for The Woman King. So, Jessica, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with a plot point? Do you want to start with a favorite scene? Uh, I think I want to start with motherhood because Mm. that is a major theme throughout the movie where these warriors are not allowed to get married and they're not allowed to have kids. And that's just a mandate that is supposed to be taken without any resistance from the new recruits. Yeah. On the other hand, the male warriors who are also enlisted by the, the king can have wives, can have children. So we have a double standard here, even in this African kingdom where these women soldiers are just elevated to a different class. But it comes at a price. Yeah, not being able... A price that the men don't have to pay. Right, because they can make the choice of, I will go ahead and become this warrior, but then there's the sacrifice of, I can never be a mother mm-hmm. for that yeah i can never uh get married nope or and i can never have um children exactly this but, comes into play yes because viola davis was raped. she was what was she she was taken raped. as a hostage mm-hmm. and then raped over like a few days it was she was just repeatedly sexually assaulted In and then escaped 
Yeah, in particular by the character Oba, Oba Ade. Ade. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, as and then she, before returning to her post, in the. In the tribe, she gives birth because she leaves pregnant. Yep. And it is so complex. Like, I don't even want to put my sh- myself in the, her shoes, but it mm-hmm. is so complex of a of a thing to have in this movie. And they, I feel like they navigated it very well. So Where there's all of these different feelings and different l- levels of trauma that Viola Davis's Naniska has to confront within herself. And what... Nawi, that character, represents to her the way she even looks at her. It looks like just pure pain. Like she's just pained to even see her. And I don't know if there is a movie that can do it better. Maybe like Room. Mm. Yeah, Room is oof. Room is another one of those where we're like bombarded with just questions and different just bad scenarios. These are awful scenarios. Terrible. That you just can't, you can't, hopefully you can't I really identify with, but you can empath- empathize with. And so I really feel like that struggle was, in on top of all of the things that are happening plot-wise, this thing was the most powerful to me. Because the- it ends up being a story of like facing your trauma Facing your fear mm-hmm. and overcoming it and accepting this, you know, your daughter who is not to blame for right. what happened to you. And she says as much in the final sequence. And you're just, it's overwhelming. I agree with that. It is overwhelming. Yeah. I think this is what I will say about the plot point because since they mentioned multiple times like you can't have kids or whatever i was like thinking i wonder if they're going to do a reveal of some kind that someone did have one and then came back and you know uh so i think the way the movie sets it up it sets it up where the reveal is a little bit quick and kind of out of nowhere for that character specifically because we never had an indication that um her name Nawi was an orphan we never had that like indication until she verbally says it and then right there at that moment is where you kind of be like wait a minute she's an orphan and now Viola Davis walks away like all troubled wait a minute did she okay, have a child so I kind of so I'll jump in here and say I sort of disagree with you maybe I read the tea leaves on this one mm-hmm. but as soon as there seemed to be a relationship building between Naniska and Nawi and how Viola Davis seemed to be a little more motherly toward her and took her under her wing and was teaching her aggressively, but teaching her the ways of their, their, um, I don't know what to call it. Like their sects, their, of their, (laughs) yeah, their troop, their troop. You know, as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, there's going to be a reveal here. Especially since they kept harping on you can't have children, you can't have right. children, can't have children. I was like, that's going to be her child. And on top of that, she, Viola Davis's character, Naniska, is haunted by the flashbacks of her sexual assault. 
Right. And like as soon as you see, you don't ever see the sexual assault, obviously, but you do see these very, it's almost like iconography mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. The shots that they do include because yeah. they're just like, oh my, you get it immediately what's happening. But the shots don't come in until after Nawi says that she's an orphan. Oh, see, they I don't come that. before that. So that's the thing. So hmm. no, I thought that was hmm. no. Okay, I remember, no. I remember it because when she goes back, like after Nawi reveals that, oh, I was an orphan. And then Viola Davis uh, Naniska sees the the you know the mark on her back. No. That's where she kind of gets freaked out. She runs no. back. It was before that, that. No, it was not. Yes, I'm telling they, you, I saw it I'm today. Te- Look, why would you, why would that be after Hold the face off? The face off with those people in the the guy that raped her, Obad Ade. He, she faces off with him before that. Yeah, she does, but they don't show that at that moment. They don't. They showed it after. I disagree because why would I? Th- why would I think that if I was like, I, that's why ha- hadn't had seen that like scene. But that's why I'm saying like, if they would have shown that flashback earlier, then it would have clicked in the head like, oh, that's that's her daughter. Like, you're gonna make me watch this movie again and prove you wrong. I'm just saying that I saw the movie <laughs> and I saw when that sequence happened. So, um, but yeah. So regardless, so. So we we have a different view on how it was presented. Now, I'm not saying that the movie did a bad job in continuing the thread. I thought it was fantastic the way it did because then she has like this overbearing weight of wanting to be a mother, the mother that she wasn't before, you know, with her because, you know, she she still is harping on her and, you know, being tough with her. But at the same time, when she goes missing, and she, her instinct kicks in like, I need to go and save her. I need to find her. Like, so that motherly instinct is there and you see it portray and you see it evolve from someone who, you know, wants to put on the front that she is a, a leader. So in a basic sense, I understand where you're coming from, although I didn't see it as a motherly instinct for her to want to get Nawi back from the port city. Well, the reason why I saw it like that is because before that, she said that when she was talking to Nawi and she was talking to the others is that uh, you don't go and do your own thing. You have to be one with the troop. You know, you have to be you have to follow the rules of the leader, regardless of what the plan is. And if someone dies, you know, that's that happens, you know. But later on, when it comes to fact that Nawi is missing and we've already had the reveal, that's where she's like saying to the king, I, I have to go. And he's like, you better not. You don't disobey the king. And then she goes off on her own to to go after Nawi. It's not like she's like in a, going in for- a basic sense. I feel like she's just wants to protect her. Right. That's what I'm saying. Okay. That's exactly what I'm saying. But. I never thought, oh, that's motherhood. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought there was like a motherly instinct kicking in. Okay, there. We, we read that differently, but we're getting to the same conclusion because she wanted to go save her. Period. Exactly. She wanted to save okay. her because, okay, so. Anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> Strange. Okay. Uh, so, 
Okay, so let's talk about the... I would say let's talk about the Malik storyline. I think you have a problem with the storyline. Uh, I wouldn't say like a big problem because I figure like introduce like kind of like a love angle to it. Um, to well, the, the st- thing is, Nawi, that character, is very flirtatious. Yes, she is. And free-spirited. And so she doesn't want to be contained even with that rule that says, why can't we get married and why she says why can't we have children and stuff when the men can she's the one who's calling into question the double standard yes and as soon as she was doing that i was like i bet where's her guy (laughs) like i was looking for the man i was trying to sniff him out he lands in the port city because of course He's half black, half white. His right. mother was from the Dahomey tribe, taken as a slave to, where was it, Brazil? Yep, Brazil. All the way to Brazil. Yeah. So he's half Brazilian, half Dahomey. Right. Exactly. And so this storyline, I don't really have a problem with the storyline itself because, you know, because well, of her view... Re- He's representing another thing, another right. factor, which is going back to your roots, finding your heritage and all that stuff. Right. No problem with that. I don't even have the problem with the other angle of his storyline, which is he is like the he presents as the love interest in for a girl who is rebelling against the idea of like, why can't we, you know, be able to fall in love? Why can't mm-hmm. we have kids when the men can't? So presented with an actual option there what i will say is that his character feels very like stereotypical like overwhelmed with guilt hates everything that's going on uh just very okay i don't know conveniently i I disagree that he thinks he hates everything that's going on right Mostly okay. because his best friend is a slaver. Yeah, his best friend is a slaver. And he doesn't hate his best friend. No, no, he doesn't hate his best friend. No. Who, who is exhibiting the worst Santo. aspects. Santo, which again, the name Santo is kind of <laughs> saint. Anyway, yeah, no, right? he's not a saint by any stretch. And he doesn't hate his friend. He comes with him mm-hmm. on his... On his job, this is his job, is to go and pick up more slaves in Africa. And he has no qualms with doing that. He has qualms once he gets to Dahomey and he's seeing that the civilization here is almost about to crumble because of all of these warring tribes Mm -hmm. intermingled with the slave trade, which is eating them from the inside out. Yes, it is. So that's when he starts to feel conflicted. And when he sees the port city with all of the uh, sla- uh, slaves and chains and stuff, then he's like, he just kind of see him working it out, like the gears turning in his head where he, this, these are his people. Mm-hmm. He is, should be here with them. Right. Because this is his blood too. Yeah, it's his blood as well. Exactly. <sighs> So I feel like it's more nuanced than how you were talking about it. But I think I was more positive on the romance, if you could even 
call it that. Yeah, I mean, it's more of a flirtation. Uh, but yeah, for sure. I mean, it's textbook though. Yeah, like it there's is. nothing. It's- <laughs> it is. It's a textbook. You know what I'm saying? Like this is YA thick right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we haven't talked about John Boyega's King Gezu. Okay, so I came home with the. This is what I told my sister when I came home. I was like, I was so attracted to John Boyega in this movie. It's ridiculous. <laughs> there was, he was putting off some vibe and the way that he was styled and how his skin was just so flawless. I was like, Johnny, <laughs> I see what you're putting down. Like, oh I. Goodness was tremendous the first thing that came to mind with with John Boyega's character but King Queso is someone you hate and someone you love at the same time yes. it's very hard to play a character like that where you understand where they're coming from but you also don't like how they're benefiting from the system around them that is systematically oppressing like people whether it's the double standard in the ranks of the female and male warriors, or it's the harem that he has that is a little bit off-putting, or it's his dealings with the slave trade that is empowering his community, (laughs) you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, the decisions that he's making are sometimes really foul when he tells her, like, oh, no, you can't go back for the, you're missing uh, comrades. You can't go to the port city and wreak havoc and pick them up like it's just not going to happen. But on the other hand, he completely respects her opinion and wants her to be in all of the council meetings and to lead the army, lead the the warriors into battle and stuff. So he's it's all of these things mixed together <laughs> in this character and he doesn't have a ton of screen time either. I think it's they really wrote it in a good way for him. Yeah, it was enough moments where he comes in, you know, does what he needs to do for propelling the story forward. And then he's out, you know, and let everybody else, you know, work. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he was used very well and very Mm -hmm. sparingly well. uh, So that way it didn't seem like an overpowering type of role. Mm -hmm. But in the moments that we got just... Very good stuff by John. He Boyega. leaves off the screen. I, he I, does. I think so. All right. What was your favorite scene in this movie? Because I have, I have one. Oh, go! Just say it. I honestly think it's the opening sequence, uh, where you know the campfire, they hear a noise, then they come back, and then they hear the noise again, and they all start peering up one by one. First mm. with Viola Davis, and then the rest of the army. I thought it was just amazing. And then the fighting that happens in that sequence, just incredible. I, I honestly thought that was probably the best scene. There's other sequences that are really good too, but that probably is my favorite one. Do you mm-hmm. have do you have a sequence or a scene that you thought was really good for I you? I like a lot of stuff. I love that sequence that you mentioned. I love the other fight sequence later on in like the end of the second act. I like the trial, the relay kind of thing that they had. Mm. Uh, it wasn't like a relay. What was it? It was like a it ninja was warrior obstacle course. course. Yeah, obstacle course. That's what it's there called. There you go. It was the obstacle course to see who's the best Agodiev warrior, and like that was cool. I really like that. Yeah, and um, seeing her go back when everybody's kind of like 
No, don't do that. Like, because it's whoever gets their first and completes the thing wins. Like that's wins there's it. no second place. Exactly. <laughs> there's no second place. So I like that just she goes back. She's merciful and she's sympathetic to her friend who's struggling in the the, the thorn thicket or whatever mm-hmm. they had there. Yeah. Goes back, saves her, completes the course, finishes first. Yeah. Yeah, because she, <laughs> like that's amazing. She yeah, strove, she strove for first. She yeah. won, and she even makes the play when she climbs up the wall. She jumps it off. Jumps instead of climbing down, because uh, it was Ode who was ahead of her mm-hmm. at the time, and so then she jumps, and it's neck and neck, and then she cuts off the head from the the statue first, mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. ahead of Ode. Yeah. So determination on Nawe's part so i loved lashana lynch's part where she's doing that uh mm. she had the spear that the test uh, of comp- strength almost pain resistance yeah. or something i don't know what it was but it was really cool it was you could see it in the trailer as well yes you can but that scene was great and then they talk about it afterwards among themselves they're like oh my god did you see how she was doing that that was amazing she's so powerful how could she do that she, didn't she not feel any pain? And it was a great moment for the younger girls to see what is possible. Yes. What Be- they can put their body and mind through. Yeah. Because she did it against a, a pretty big guy. Yeah. Like a burly yeah. big dude. And she came out victorious. And then the celebration afterwards, you mm-hmm. know, with them, just the way like they're so exuberant with the win, like it's. It was really cool to see. A uh, lot of singing and dancing mm-hmm. whenever they're feeling triumphant, whenever they're celebrating. And I just love that. And there was something about the music and the drums and stuff that I was like, ugh, this feels like super like salsa a bit. Mm, oh, like like the way it, the rhythm of it. Yeah, almost. there was like something very familiar about the way that their music sounded and just the way they were dancing sometimes, I was like, oh my God, this looks like very salsa. And the thing is like salsa, musica hispana, like that comes from the meshing of the African cultures coming to the islands. Yeah, exactly. And South America. Yeah, so we we have that in, in our music. Yeah. It's there. So it was kind of like, I don't know. That made me a little bit emotional. Something else that made me emotional, and this was a really great part um, to answer your question of like favorite scenes, was the very final sequence when she calls her mother for the first time. Mm. It's yeah. like, mother, will, will you not dance? And then she gets up and Viola Davis starts busting a yeah. move. I was like, yo, Viola <laughs> Davis, yo, let's get go. It. <laughs> and it was not just a moment of uh, mother-daughter relationships, mending of familial ties and it was also a moment of just female empowerment and also triumphing over a system that you know they just ran out of town yeah they they did it they they got (laughs) they did that (laughs) the brazilians the portuguese even the english who were offshore they left they left Mm -hmm. the port um yeah 
that entire burning down of the city was pretty good in that that yeah. final battle. When she said no survivors. <laughs> yeah. I was like Well, oh. she said um no prisoners no were prisoners. burning this place to the ground and yeah. I was like fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh so any other scenes that you want to talk This was about? really sad Izogi's death. Yeah. Was I almost cried. I was like I hope she makes it to the end. But I had a feeling she had the broken arm thing, which I was like, that is a that is crazy. That's right. not just a little fracture. That is it is broken. And yep. she can she fights out of it. They set the break and she's like, they can't see that I have a broken arm and stuff. It's like all bruised. Did you see her? Yeah. Her arm was just all bruised. Yeah. And she was still like so stoic. Uh, stoic he's just holding it in and i just i loved it and then i really hated it because they <laughs> killed her they killed her well she goes back for her right she does in the she same does. way that um, naoi did for her friend yep izogi goes back for naoi and she dies and she dies doing it yeah, yeah. It it's was almost like the a cautionary tale of like what happens when you stop when you, when you stop look back and look back and you help somebody instead of keep going yeah 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 you're right about that which is why they were like don't do that when when the relay not the relay when the, the obstacle, obstacle course, course was over they there were like go. don't do that <laughs> they were telling Nawi like why'd you do that don't do that and now we see why i mean yeah so it's sad it's it was all sad. sorts of sad uh, so overall I would say this is definitely one of the better movies that I've seen this year. As we mentioned at the top, um, somewhere in the vicinity of my own rankings, it's probably like on the lower end of the top 10, possibly. Same. Yeah. Same. So yeah. I, I feel like this is a bit rewatchable than other things. Yeah, for sure. Like, like I, would I rather watch The Woman King or would I rather watch The Batman, which is three plus hours of just, you know, like just anyway, you get my drift, right? I get the drift. Yep. I think I'd rather watch The Woman King. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a movie like this, definitely check it out, people, because it definitely deserves to be seen, number one. Uh, and then number two, uh, just support your local movie theaters is really what I'm trying <laughs> to say there. Uh, so definitely check it out. It's going to be a great time in the theater. You're going to get good action. You're going to get a good story out of it. So check it out. Once again, we both give it A's. So mm -hmm. we both truly like this movie. So definitely check it out. Uh, if this is your first time listening, thank you so much for checking us out. We appreciate every new listener. Uh, if it's your first time listening, then go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on all of them. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts many more if you're already there why don't you go ahead and drop a five-star review on us uh apple Podcasts on spotify <laughs> since you're already there uh if you want to let us know how you feel about the woman king uh, you can find us on social media twitter instagram facebook tiktok at always critic pod once again that's at always critic pod and finally you've done all that you've been following us for now years and you listen to every episode then go ahead and become a patron it's a great way to get involved, support the show, and you can check us out at patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. All right. With that, that has been our episode. I'm Rico. 
And I'm Jessica, and this has been the Always the Critic podcast. Bye.